very first Christmas Eve. It wasn't a very merry night for Mary. She was nine months pregnant. She'd been walking for four or five days, or maybe riding a donkey, for about 80 miles over very rough terrain. I can't speak from experience, but I'm sure her back was aching. I think her ankles were swollen, and she was about to burst. The first Christmas Eve wasn't a very merry night for Joseph either. Uh, having to hold his uh, pregnant wife, very pregnant wife, on a donkey for five days. And why in the world would they even make that kind of trip in her condition? Well, they had no choice. You see, Rome had ordered them to go to the town of their ancestors to register for a census. And what was the census about? So they could pay higher taxes. When they finally got to Bethlehem, Mary was in hard labor, and all the inns were full, even Motel 6. Things weren't very merry, the first Christmas Eve for Mary and Joseph. But then God gave them the gift. And that's what we want to talk about tonight, the gift, the Christmas baby. And before we get into it, I just kind of have an observation here that if you want to see uh, people who are otherwise mature and sane do something insane, just look at what they do to their babies at Christmas time. Uh, some turn them into Santa Claus or dress them up like Santa Claus. Uh, some don't go for Santa, they go for Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. And then there are others, I found one, Frosty the Snowman. But the worst has to be, a.k.a. Buddy the Elf, eating breakfast, spaghetti, topped with maple syrup, chocolate syrup, sprinkles, marshmallows, M&Ms, and Pop-Tarts. But Christmas, it's the celebration of the birth of the baby, isn't it? And that's the gift. Now, when a baby's born, when you hear that a baby's born, okay, what are the first two questions that people ask? The first one is, is it a boy or a girl? Okay. And then the second question is, what's the name? All right. And most parents pick out names months in advance. Well, you know what? God did that too. In fact, he picked out names hundreds of years before so we would know who this baby is, and why he came. God revealed who this baby is and why he came first to Mary. And, and we read about that in Luke chapter 1 and verse 31. And an angel says to her, to Mary, you will conceive. You're going to give birth to a son. And you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called 
the Son of the Most High God. Jesus has many names. We're going to look at a few of them here tonight. But the angel says he'll be called Jesus. He'll be called the Son of the Most High God because his kingdom will never end. Well, Mary asked the angel, how can this happen? I'm a virgin. And the angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you so that the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. God revealed that Jesus is not just another baby. He's the Son of the Most High God. He's the sovereign creator. He's the ruler. His kingdom will never end. He's the eternal king of heaven. Now, now God also revealed uh, who this baby is and why he came to Joseph. That was second. And we read about that in Matthew chapter 1. And again, an angel appears to give the message. And, and I know a lot about angels, okay? I, I live with one. She's not in the service, so if you feel like sharing that with her, it's quite all right, okay? She's. But the angel says, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, because he was, because he found out she was pregnant, and he knew it was not him. And the angel says this child within her, it, it's been conceived by the Holy Spirit. And she'll give birth to a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sin. That's why God selected the name Jesus. Jesus literally means Jehovah saves. The Lord who saves us from our sins. You know, The problem is that most people think that we can save ourselves. If you ask a hundred people, are are you sure you're going to heaven? Probably 90% of them will say, well, yeah, I think so because I've tried to be a good person. We humans think that we can save ourselves by being good enough. Several years ago, when we had, uh, when I was still fairly new to Florida, excuse me, and knew very little about riptides. In fact, I knew nothing about riptides. We were over at a beach on the East Coast. And the boys were young, and we went out and we were playing in the high waves you know, riding them, and uh, after about a half hour, I was really exhausted, and I said, guys, uh, let's head on in. So they did. We all started swimming, and we were, you know, 15, 20 yards apart maybe at that point, and uh, I realized that they were getting in a lot closer than I was. In fact, I was getting farther and farther away. And I had never heard of a riptide. I didn't know what to do. And so I did what all men do, try harder. Swim faster. 
kicked more. And it did not help one bit. And I could see myself just getting farther and farther away. I could see Don on the shore. The boys were almost to shore by now. And she could tell that I was in trouble. And she was waving her arms. I couldn't tell if she was going for. But one of those things. And I panicked. And there was nothing I could do. And finally I was so exhausted that I just stopped. And I believe that the Lord saved my life that night. Because I believe that he just drifted me out of the current. And then suddenly I found out that I could make some progress going in. There was nothing I could do to save myself. And friend, God says to us, because he loves us. God says, we cannot save ourselves from our sin any more than a drowning man can grab himself by his hair and pull himself out and save himself. That's why Jesus is the Savior, the one who will save his people from their sins. And that's why God said to them, call him Jesus. Shall we pray? Father, I pray that tonight, this is a Christmas celebration, and Christmas is a very busy time, and tomorrow we'll be busy, wonderfully busy, with family and friends, with activities, with gifts, with presence with meals all those things and the tragedy would be could be that we would forget the purpose of christmas that we would ignore or overlook the baby that you sent to be born call him jesus For he will save his people from their sins. And Father, we cannot save ourselves. If we could, you would have never sent your son. He never, you would not have allowed him to die the kind of death on the cross that he did. So, dear Father, I pray that our celebration of Christmas would start and stay first and foremost a realization that God, you sent your own Son to save us from our sins. In Jesus' name we pray. We'll talk a little more about some other names that God directed them. But first, uh, we're going to sing together about the light of the world. That's another of his names, that he's the light in the dark world. We've seen that the uh, angels revealed to Mary and Joseph uh, what to name the baby. He revealed to them the names. But friend, God has also revealed who this baby is and why he came to you and to me. Verse 22 of Matthew chapter 1 says this. All this... All these events, all that God orchestrated, all that God revealed through the angels, 
All this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through the prophet. Look, this is what Isaiah said 700 years before the birth of Christ. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Why did God give him the name Emmanuel, one of his many names? Because God is with us, friends. God is with us. There are sometimes we don't want to be with God when we'd rather do other things, when we're maybe full of guilt. But God is with us. And friend, God wants to be with you every day of your life. God wants to be with you tonight and tomorrow, every minute, every day. He wants to be with you next week. He wants to be with you next month, next year. And friend, he wants to be with you forever and ever and ever. And that's why his son returned to heaven to prepare a place for us. Friend, Jesus is the gift. Jesus is God's gift to you. Now, because I'm a married man, I've learned a lesson about gifts. No Christmas gift is best or right for every person, especially your wife. There have been times when I pulled a couple of boners, all right? But there's no Christmas gift that's right or best or appreciated by every person, right? Let, let's just imagine. Let's, let's just say that I had the ability and the means to give every one of you who came here tonight a Harley. I said, if. You, you did understand that. What if I could do that? Now, I think that many of you would be excited about that. You'd be thrilled. But there are some of you who wouldn't. And I know one person who wouldn't, and that would be Donna. Uh, she's, she's never going to wear a black T-shirt with the sleeves cut off. She's never going to wear a do-rag, and she hates bugs in her teeth. You see, no Christmas gift is best or right for everyone except one, the gift, gift of Jesus. He's the, he is the one and only Son of God, and he's the gift. No gift would be appreciated by everyone. No gift is perfect except that gift. No gift is needed by everyone except the gift of God's Son. And that's why 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 17, 15 excuse me, tells us, thanks be to God for his unspeakable, his words can't describe gift, the gift of Jesus Christ, the greatest gift of all time for all people. And friend, Jesus is that gift. And I just want to point out four things as we wrap up here tonight that jesus is the gift that number one lets us know god rather than just knowing about god 
You see, all of us here tonight know something about God, okay? But that's not why Jesus came. He came so that we would know God personally. And there's a lot of discussion about who is God and what's he like, all right? Do you really want to know who God is? Do you really want to know what God is like? All you have to do is look at Jesus. Look at what he said. Look at the things he did. And that you will know about God. Jesus said this in John chapter 14. He said, I'm the way and the truth and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. That's why God sent him. Because there needed to be a way to God the Father. I am the way. That's why I came. In verse 7 he says, If you really knew me, you would know my Father as well. And from now on, you do know God and have seen him. He was talking to his disciples because you have seen me. If you want to know who God really is, just look at his son. Jesus is that gift that lets us know God versus knowing something about God. Second, Jesus is the gift that lets us become children of God. Now, we're all children of God in the sense that we were all created by him. In the sense that he was the one who breathed the breath of life into us or we wouldn't have life. But he's talking about children of God who are brought into his family, who love him, and who will be with him forever. And Jesus is the gift that lets us become the children of God. That's why he came. John chapter 1 says this, As many as receive Jesus Christ, to them God gives the right to become children of God. Want to be a child of God? You want to live with him forever in his heaven? You can because of the gift. Jesus is the gift that number three lets us really live. And most of you are wise enough to know that life is really not about what you own. Life is really not about what you accomplish. Life is not about riches. Life is about relationships. As a pastor, I have visited many people in the hospital or other places, in fact, on their deathbed. I've been with people who knew they were going to die. Do you know what? I've never had a dying man ask me to bring him his checkbook or his 401k or his degrees or his trophies or his fishing or hunting license or anything like that. They want to see their family and friends. They want to be with the people that love them and they love in turn. Jesus is the gift that lets us really live because he get, connects us to Almighty God. And fourth, Jesus is the gift that saves us from eternal separation from God and gets us to God. John 3.16 says this, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, 
but have everlasting life. You know, some people say, well, how, how could God separate people from him for eternity? That's what they've chosen. They did not want to follow Jesus in this life. Why would they want to follow them in the life to come? Jesus is the gift that saves us from eternal separation from God and gets us to God in his kingdom that he will rule forever and ever. Friend, tonight, we can celebrate. Why? Because God has given us the gift. The gift no other gift can compare to. The gift that every person needs the gift that lasts for all of eternity. And friend, I hope you've unwrapped that gift. I hope you've received it. I hope you're not trying to ignore it. I hope that you have invited Christ into your life. Jesus is the gift you need today. The gift you need tomorrow. The gift you need forever. One of the most beloved uh, Christmas carols is O Little Town of Bethlehem. It was written by a man named Phillips Brooks. And there are several verses, but verse 4 goes like this. O holy child of Bethlehem, descend to us, we pray. Cast out our sin and enter in. Be born in us today. That's why Jesus came to be born in us, to come and live in us. There's a man named Nicodemus who came to Jesus at night. He's a very religious man, very good man. Gave money to the poor. Prayed three times a day. Did, did all the things that you would think would qualify a man for heaven. But he came to Jesus at night and he said, Jesus, what must I do to enter the kingdom of heaven? And what did Jesus say? You must be born again. It's not the religious rituals that you do and keep. It's when you invite Jesus Christ to come into your life and be your life. You must be born again. That's the gift. That is why God sent his son. And that's what we celebrate tonight and tomorrow. In Jesus' name. Amen.